Hello, and welcome to Weddings Unveiled, the podcast for your wedding planning process. I'm your host, Leah Longbreak. We know how exciting and stressful planning the big day can be, and we're here to help, providing you with information and advice from industry insiders and those with firsthand experience. On today's episode, we have Annie McGinty, the founder of Ivory and Ash Bridal. She'll share with us the latest indie wedding designers you should consider, why it's important for her to collab with others in the industry, and how in-home mobile sessions are helping you find your look. Annie, welcome to the show. And again, congratulations to you on all the success. Tell us what made you decide to start Ivory and Ash Bridal. Oh my gosh. So there's a long version and a short version. So I'll kind of <laughs> do like a little mini like background. I was engaged shopping and I had a really horrible experience at a boutique at, with the dress that I really, really wanted. I left feeling really bad about myself and um, I just didn't like the experience. And I ended up getting that dress, but I drove to Cincinnati to get it. So I didn't have to go back. Wow. Yeah. So I remember thinking, I never want anybody to feel like I did that day. And that's supposed to be like the most special time in your life as a as a girl, you know, finding that wedding dress. So that really stuck with me for many years. Flash forward now, like 20 years later. And I always, you know, I did other things with, with my career. We moved and then I got married and had babies and all that fun stuff. The business, I, I wanted to always do it. When I got pregnant with my third one, I had stopped traveling for my other job and had the baby. And I just knew I wanted to do something else. Like I loved being a mom and being a stay-at-home mom for this short amount of time. But (laughs) I really wanted to do something else. And my husband and I are both entrepreneurial-minded people. So we both started talking about this. And the, the boutique in Tutson was for sale at the time when we moved here. And we almost bought it and we we didn't. And that's what really started the idea of maybe not do it a brick and mortar, do it mobile. And so, you know, long story short, it was like 20 years in the making and now it's <laughs> here and it's a totally different concept than what I imagined when I wanted to open up a boutique to help brides. I thought it would be in a cute little storefront in, you know, Tremont or somewhere really edgy and, you know, and it's shifted totally. And it's been Amazing. Well, talk about being edgy and ahead of the curve because you launched in October of 19 and you focus on in-home mobile styling sessions, which we'll get more into in a second. COVID happened like months after you launched. So really your service couldn't have been a better time with precautions. Yeah. And on accident, really. I mean, and to be honest, I launched in October which was literally weeks after fashion week. So I really didn't, I had just locked in all my designers. The only reason I really launched and had my first pop-up trunk show was the rep for Leanne Belter lives in Westlake. And she had all the brand new dresses off the runway from (laughs) October. (laughs) Fashion week happens like the first week-ish in October. And we um, launched at the end of October. So I had access to dresses that nobody had seen yet. And so we were like, let's do this pop-up and like 
hit why the iron's hot, strike why the iron's hot, and um, launch this thing. So I didn't even have all my inventory from the other designers till about February. So then I get everything, and literally weeks later, we are shut down, which was okay. We, you know, gave me some time to do, like, really do the business, like, get the nitty-gritty stuff down, because I launched, like, in a hot second, (laughs) you know, without putting much thought into it. I mean, I put a lot of thought into it, but it felt like I just fast-forwarded it a little bit quicker than I would have. So that shutdown gave me a lot of time to, like— make sure the business model worked and and tweaking. And then we tiptoed back into in-home sessions, even with the pandemic, extremely carefully. We had to limit how many people we had in the, um, you know, styling sessions, the bride's entourage. But other than that, it really hasn't hindered us at all. It's been beautiful. We'll go back more into that in a second. I want to talk about these designers because most women know the Vera Wang and Carolina Herrera's out there, right? But you have these really cool indie designers, designers I've never heard of, and I wish I would have known about them when I was getting married. Tell us why that's such an important focus for you with the business. Yeah, so I kind of stumbled upon it when doing research on who to bring in and and what was going to go on with the business. And I knew that a lot of the wonderful boutiques around Cleveland had the designers that you always hear of in all the catalogs. And when you Google wedding dresses, all those designers pop up, right? And I didn't want to, nor could I compete with that because I'm traveling going into different zip codes. So there's exclusivity rights that were going to hinder that. So I found Liam Belter was my first designer. And when we talk about indie designers, it doesn't, a lot of people think that they're up and comers, like brand new to the industry, only five years or, you know, 10 years. Liam Belter's been in business 30 years. Karen Willis Holmes, another one of my designers, she's been in business 20. So they're just smaller and they're they're singly owned or women owned or family owned businesses. So that's really when I started to say, you know what? I don't want to carry what everybody else has. I want to be different. These designers have a, a beautiful story behind their businesses. Their designs are right up to par with all the big names, actually a little bit better because they're all handmade in their own ateliers with their own employees. They control every step from design to when it ships out. And then the the relationship was really important because this is such an emotional purchase. I have that relationship with my brides and I wanted that relationship to come and trickle down from my designers too. So I FaceTime the designers sometimes when I'm at styling sessions. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. So if we need to tweak something or if a bride wants to plunge a back or plunge a neckline or change a neckline, or change up some embellishing somewhere, we can call the designer most of the time. Usually I give them a heads up if I think that's going to happen, but they'll answer and we'll just go through everything. And it's sealed the deal for many of my um, appointments. So it's a really, uh, it's like a friendship. It's It's a family. And I couldn't be more thrilled that we decided to run the business that way. And I get to bring these new designers and, and some of them established into Ohio where they've maybe not had a footprint before. And people here might not have known who they are. And they're getting a unique, semi-exclusive experience in one-of-a-kind dress. Yes. Yeah. And it's luxury, too. Like, 
I wanted to stay away from that word for a while because I didn't want it to sound like pretentious and I'm the least pretentious person. I didn't want these girls, this concept of having a bridal boutique come into your home is so new. I didn't want them to be intimidated (laughs) thinking, oh, this hoity-toity, really, (laughs) (laughs) you know, expensive, exclusive gowns are going to come in and and those girls, I'm not going to be able to afford it. It's going to be awkward. I wanted the, the opposite. I wanted everyone to feel comfortable with me, number one, and then to feel comfortable with the price range of the dresses and the designers. And it's really worked well. Like all of the designers are so lovely. There's just this warmness to what we're doing. So, um, but the the quality of the dresses is luxurious. It is beyond, I'm so impressed by every order, you know, because we're so new that some of the dresses are just now coming in and I haven't ever seen them in production before or customized yet. And they're amazing. Like it's, I'm just thrilled with the way things have gone so far. So luxury and exclusivity and warmness and friendliness are all kind of wrapped up in a little package for us. So with doing it as a in-home visit, is it, are you still looking at the same timeline as a bride when it comes to ordering your dress? Like, should you start doing these mobile sessions six to nine months out? Or is there a little bit of a difference because of this? Yeah, pre-COVID, I would have said, yeah, let, we're on the same timeline. All the designers were really busy. Everything was kind of like the normal world. A lot of times, though, you can get a dress in four weeks from these designers. You have to, you would have had to pay a fee for it, but they could rush it a little bit easier, I think, than mass-produced dresses that were coming from, you know, China or something where you kind of lose a little bit of control when you're, you know, manufacturing. But now that's not the case at all because they were able to manufacture all the dresses that the weddings got postponed. And so now it's freed up a little bit of their ateliers and their um, bandwidth, basically. So we can get dresses out of most... I have five designers I carry in studio on a regular basis and then rotate some. All the designers I have in studio now can pump out a dress relatively quick, like within a few weeks. So Liam Belter's just up in Toronto. I got a dress delivered here the other day in four weeks. Oh, wow. And it would have taken a couple months to make before. So there's a little bit of flexibility where they're able to um, move things around if they need to, to get dresses to girls if they need it. Hey, nerds. I'm Sarah, the paper nerd. And if you've ever wondered what goes into that greeting card you just sent or received, well, quite a lot. Get your paper fix on the paper fold where I host an enchanting mix of personalities and players all nerding out on my favorite topic, stationery. From the designs of our snail mail communications to the precious space created when two people correspond, there's a lot to cover. So come grab a seat in the stationery community's only five-star paper salon, The Paper Fold, now part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. Annie, tell us about the different levels of experience because you have a full range of options, even in offering virtual. Yeah, so we do um, virtual sessions, we do in-home sessions, and then we do pop-up trunk shows. I like to call them designer events now (laughs) (laughs) because we can focus, you know, and highlight the, the actual designer. 
They're not actually coming in trunks anymore. <laughs> no, they're not. They come in boxes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Although Karen, Karen Willis Holmes, when you do trunk shows, they actually do come in big black trunks. It's, oh my gosh, like the old school? Like the old school trunks. It's very it's very cool. It keeps them very safe too, <laughs> but for that <laughs> yeah, matter. True. Yeah, we have three ways and then that you can, you know, see us. And then when you're doing an in-home session, we have three different options for you. So the bespoke package is you get to select any from any of our 10 dresses, up to 10 dresses. And then I bring a few extra after we have a conversation and get to know each other. I learn your vibe of your wedding and where it's at and locations and photographers even. And then we, I bring some extras think, uh, as I learn about your personality and the, and the look of your wedding. So the bride has full control. She gets to select all 10 of her dresses. I bring a few extra that are completely opposite of what I think she wants, <laughs> um, just to push her a little out of her comfort zone so she can try something different. That's a great idea. Yeah. I mean, it's really, a, I would say over 50% of the brides don't end up getting that dress that they actually thought they were coming in for. I'm one of them. You think you have something in your head that you truly want, and then you try something completely different, and it's like, wow, I didn't know that that would look good on me. Yep, yep, That's why you totally. have to trust the consultants. Trust yes. Annie. <laughs> De- yes, definitely. De- different heights and, and weights and proportions play into how each dress is going to look. So I like to bring some options with me. And again, we bring a set accessories. We have a whole lineup of veils. Each designer typically has their own line of veils as well, so we can bring those. And I have a line of hair pieces, accessories, earrings, jewelry, the works. So we bring all of that. We load up our van with mirrors, rolling racks. We bring bubbles and bites with that package. (laughs) I love to collaborate with local vendors. So I'll get cookies made from a girl that I think that that bride might love to have designed at her wedding, possibly. Depending on the time, we'll bring charcuterie boards. We get those from local um, makers in the industry. So we like to collaborate. So, you know, we leave behind something that they could use on their actual day or maybe their, um, you know, if they're having a bachelorette get together or a shower, things like that. And then the luxe package is just a scaled down version of the bespoke package with dress options. And then the um, ivory package is if a girl really knows that she's like, I just really want to try on four or five dresses. Let's just, you know, no fuss, no muss. Let's try these on and get it going. She probably knows already. She's tried on that dress, maybe other locations. And then she just kind of knows that that's kind of the look she wants. Then we'll just bring a couple dresses in the timeline of that session's a little bit less. It's about an hour versus two and a half hours for the other two. So there's different packages that we offer. And then all the fees, the booking fee goes back towards the credit of the dress when they buy the dress from us. Oh, that's so great. Yeah. And there's no timeline. Um, You know, I really do not want to push a bride ever into a dress or a decision that she's going to regret, you know, three weeks later. So, you know, if they want two months to decide, then they take two months to decide. And depending on the package level, like the bespoke package, we go back with a narrowed down version of like her package. So say she likes real, it's between three of the dresses. I'll bring those three dresses back for her, for her to try back on. So going back to when we first started talking and you mentioned how you had a really bad experience 
when you were first looking for your wedding dress. Did you feel that kind of neglect from the bridal consultant? Yeah, it was the, it was the whole day was bad. It was the consultant basically kind of telling me, insinuating that I couldn't afford the dress because I was young. I was 24 years old. I think she made some assumptions, (laughs) which were totally wrong. Um, Right. (laughs) You know, and then just pushing me into trying on styles I really didn't want to try on. But I did because I was there with my mom and my friends. And I was like, let's make a day of it. But I really... I was one of those brides that knew I wanted that dress. And I did. I ended up getting that dress and I drove five hours to get it. And then five hours back down six months later (laughs) when it came back in. And it it kind of was sad because I would have loved to keep it local. I've always been a local girl trying to support local businesses. And that just, it just didn't happen. And I really never want a bride from, you know, that's a client of ours to ever feel that way. So that's why we give them plenty of time to make their decision. No, that's so amazing. And I love that you like to keep it local. I'm a fellow try to keep it local as well type of person. And tell us why it was so important for you to collab with local artisans and companies like you do. Well, truly, I've always done that in my past career. I was in outside sales. And so for appointments, I'd always, we'd always team up with other vendors that had like similar products and I sold in the interior design world. So we were always doing joint presentations or parties and it's just more fun (laughs) when you have a group (laughs) of people. So, and the wedding industry is all about having fun. Um, Right. And I actually just had a lot of friends that were in the space that were either cookie or cake designers, venues, photographers. So I just reached out to them and it just kind of happened. You know, I had my first pop-up at Stella and Shay in Westlake and she, the owner, Becca, is a mentor to me um, business-wise and she's a very good friend. And she had just opened the Westlake store and that's where the pop-up happened And they were just, it was kind of meant to be a company opening party, like a launch party, but it ended up being like, this is a thing, like, and we can rotate all these awesome vendors. I can't have them all in one space at once as much as I would (laughs) love to, but I could have different themed pop-ups and then have a photographer that might shoot light and airy for whatever that pop-up, you know, theme would be. But then if we're doing like a dark, moody, really modern, you know, uh, designer event, I could get a darker photographer that shoots edits a little bit different, you know, different foods. So that's kind of where the pop-ups happened. And I just started reaching out to everybody on Instagram and I didn't even know them. And not one person said no. They were all like, oh my gosh, I love your concept. I want to do this. Let's get together. And it's like a grassroots. It was the most fulfilling part of my business model ever. Like I was like, I'm going to make it because these people believe in what I'm doing. And this industry is so full of love and talented people. I knew if we all collaborated together, we were all going to help each other's business. Yeah. And that's how it's been. And it's, I love it. And I want to, you know, the one thing with COVID is we stopped doing the pop-ups for obviously multiple reasons, but so I've missed that, but we've always tried to keep them in the in-home sessions, you know, with with promoting them. I give brides a love, a vendor love list 
that has like some of our favorites and I kind of tailor it. I, it changes a lot per bride, just depends on what her personality is. So I leave that behind so they have people to, you know, kind of look towards um, when they're scheduling people for their big day. So that's kind of how that that transpired. And it's the best part of the business, really. <laughs> Besides making brides <laughs> completely happy with their dress, I love the collaboration side. The love list is such a fantastic idea. I absolutely positively love that. Thank you. I love it too. And so do the brides. They absolutely, they're like, oh my gosh, this is so nice. We weren't expecting this. (laughs) I want to be a part of your pop-up events as well, because it sounds so fun. And I love the wedding community. I did a few in the summer, but I, I took private sessions when I would pop up instead of like open to the public, like anybody could walk in. So this one's a little pared down. It's a bride plus one girl, you know, for the pop-up. So we'll we'll let people ebb and flow like a normal retail store. But we're going to try and keep the the space isn't that big. It's at the CoLab in Lakewood. And we're going to keep the amount of people that are in there quite small. And, you know, I'm collaborating with a wedding uh, event planner and um, a furniture rental company. So it'll be set up all beautiful, like it's a really cool little pop-up event, but we're tiptoeing back into them so <laughs> so girls can see these awesome dresses that these designers launched in, in April and October of this year, but really haven't had a chance to get them out to the masses yet. How often are you hoping, especially once we kind of get through quarantine a lot more, um, now that the vaccine's out and everything, how often do you hope to have the designer events, the pop-up events? I really want to do one. My goal has always been one, once a month, more to come because we have we have a lot of designers. We're, we're going to do some trunk shows. Typically, we stop doing the designer events in the summertime because that's really wedding season, right? right? Like, you know, they're not shopping technically. The bridal industry is very cyclical, <laughs> but <laughs> with everything shifting and people pushing off buying their dresses, dresses and then the commitment of it all, I don't think we're going to see an ebb and flow like the normal traditional sales cycle of bridal. So I think brides are going to be wanting to shop in summer because they might get the green light or feel like they can have the green light through summer, fall, beginning part of next year. So I'm going to keep doing them as long as, you know, designers want to send their their new inventory over. Um, we have something called our Something Borrowed collections. And these are designers that we don't necessarily keep in our studio all the time, but we love them and we want to support them. So that's like a part of our website where you can go and click on those. And if I have enough time when you're scheduling your session, I'll order in and ship in the specific designer and their dresses. So if you love Hyacinth Bridal and you want three of their gowns, I'll just borrow those in for your session and then I can ship them back out. So it's a wonderful way to get more designers out into, you know, the Ohio uh, market without having, you know, my studio is tiny. It's not that big. (laughs) (laughs) It's a really good way for the designers and I to partner and and get their dresses out there. So we'll be doing those trunk shows as well. I just finished up one with a designer out of South Carolina. And I have a few more on the books that I'm just, you know, waiting to work on some final details. But we put those all over social media and on our website. So everyone knows that they're, they're coming. So we're getting a lot of good feedback. So I have to ask you the fun question. (laughs) What is your favorite all-time television or movie wedding dress? 
Oh, this is so easy. (laughs) It is, and it's probably everybody's, I would imagine, is the Sex and the City, Vivian Westwood, you know, the dress where, you know, she's at the um, steps of the library, you know. Yes, with her feather hair. (laughs) Yes, and those are coming back, by the way. Oh, wow, really? Yes, yes, there is a lot of hair pieces, actually. are coming <laughs> or here. Um, so not maybe as dramatic as that peacock. Yeah, it's going to be a thing. But that dress, I mean, and that is not a dress that, that that's not me, but um, that dress just looked amazing. But all the dresses that they featured in that wedding, like the <laughs> montage when she's doing the photo shoot. Yes. It just oh. doesn't it? It gets you all giddy and like... It does. Ah, butterflies. And then even what she wore in the courthouse is exactly my vibe. Like that vintage, I think it was a Chanel suit maybe. I don't even know. Oh, I know. I'm blinking. I can like hear her I know, in her closet too. saying that Vivian Westwood kicked that little suit's yeah. butt. But I forgot who it was too. I know. But it, oh it was gosh. perfection. With those blue shoes, which yes. became so popular after that. It's so funny because don't you think it, it, Carrie's personality, she's both those girls. She's really sure. the girl that can pull off that humongous ball gown and rock it and make it her own. And then she can also wear that tiny tailored suit that was killer and iconic. So that's it, without a doubt. So any last piece of advice for couples planning their wedding? I would say take it in stride. It is going to be okay, no matter which way it happens. I know the dream of those big weddings is a thing. I had that at one point, but then we ended up getting married in a very scaled down version just because we wanted to. And they're lovely. The small weddings are so intimate and so personal. So if that is okay, it's going to be perfect. No matter what you do, it's it's all going to work out. So I wouldn't postpone if you don't feel like you need to postpone. If you're, if this is the love of your life and you want to get married now, by all means do it. And if you want to have a big, huge party, then wait a little bit and have a big, (laughs) huge party. So I think the moral is it's going to be okay. And you're going to end up doing it the way you you want to do it. And it'll end up being perfect no matter what. How can we get more information on you and Ivory and Ash Bridal? So we're on, obviously, we have a great website. So that's ivoryandash.com. We're on Instagram. Ivory and Ash Bridal is our handle. Facebook as well. And then, yeah, you can email us. You can, you know, you can book sessions right on our website. A lot of times brides just call me or email me and then we can work through all the details. So yeah, there's all kinds of, you know, all the modern ways to get in touch. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much for being with us today and giving all this fantastic advice, Annie. Yeah, thanks so much. It was so fun meeting you. for listening to Weddings Unveiled. Make sure you subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode and follow us on social media. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcasts. A special thank you to executive producers David Moss and Gerardo Orlando, production director Bridget Coyne, and audio engineer Eric Coltnow. Don't forget to enjoy the journey. Enjoy the journey.